grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It was the worst possible time for an interruption. Maybe you've seen the video viral on the internet a couple of years ago. There's this very serious guy, a professor type, and he's in his suit and tie and he's at his home office and he's being interviewed by the BBC about this or that thing. I think some political relations in South Korea or something like that. And he's talking and having your typical kind of conversation. And when all of a sudden the door of his office swings open, have you seen this? And in strolls a little seven-year-old girl. And without breaking a moment, he just kind of waves his hand back like, get out of here. But before she leaves, then comes a little toddler in one of those like toddle things that they can, with the wheels on it. And he just comes riding into the room. And now the guy who's interviewing him is cracking up. And you can tell the guy who's being interviewed is just absolutely mortified. And then the wife, they've got wooden floors. She literally slides into the room and grabs both of the kids, dragging them out as the poor guy is just like, okay, let's see if we can go on from here. Turns out it all worked out well for him and his career is not destroyed or anything like that. But at the time, it seemed like the worst possible time for an interruption. I mean, show of hands, who loves to be interrupted? Okay. No, interruptions are awful. It's right there in the the etymology of the word itself. Interruption, it sounds like an eruption. You know, when a volcano erupts, it breaks out. Interruption literally means to break into. And who's looking for, to be broken into, right? Like, hey, is there anybody who can break into my life right now? No, of course not. At its best, an interruption is a horrible inconvenience, right? But what if there were another way of looking at it as well? Uh, the guy I love quoting from G.K. Chesterton, he once said that an inconvenience is simply an adventure wrongly considered. Could we say that about interruptions? These are adventures wrongly considered. Could could there be a blessing from being broken into in our time, in in our speech? In the gospel today, the story of the transfiguration, the transformation of our Lord Jesus, when the, the curtain gets pulled back, so to speak, and we see him in all of his glory, we've got a divine interruption here. And it really highlights the way that this interruption can be both a bane and a blessing. Both of those things, and practically at the same time. Now I want you to imagine with me for just a moment. Close your eyes and try to picture for yourself. You've had those moments, those moments when everything is just perfect and beautiful and wonderful. Maybe it's in the summertime and there's that sunset over the lake and the sky is purple and pink. Or maybe it's one of those, those times when you're at a, a performance and the, you know, it's the ballet, it's the opera, whatever it might be, or, or you're watching some figure skaters and it's just perfect. Everyone is quiet and still and you just want to take it in. You had those moments? Now take that and ramp it up times a thousand. As here, Jesus is on the mountaintop with some of his disciples. And in a moment, he is transfigured before them. There is the divine Son of God in all of his glory, radiating right in front of you. And if that weren't enough, 
He's joined in that moment by Moses and Elijah. And, and you get to be a fly on the wall, taking in their conversation. What are they talking about? You just want to be quiet and listen to it and to relish that moment. Guys, it's good to be here, God. Whoa, I am so glad to be here, Lord, Peter says. <laughs> I mean, guys, is this great or is this great? What do we do? Let's build a couple of tents. Jesus, I'm going to make you a tent. Moses and Elijah, so good to see you guys. I'll make you a tent too. If ever there was a time not to have an interruption, it's right here. But Peter just comes bumbling right in. He sticks his foot so far into his mouth, he practically impales himself on it. This is the worst possible time for an interruption, but there it is. Now, we want to be fair a little bit with Peter here, because I would say that what, what Peter does with this interruption, it's not so much that it's sinful, although there's probably some, some potentially sinful aspects to it, his, his pride and what have you. It's more that it's just foolish, right? Peter's just flat out acting silly, like how could you be interrupting and ruining this moment right here, right now, Peter? It's not so much that he's devious as he's just dumbstruck, accent on the dumb, right? Actually, technically speaking, he needs to be dumbstruck. He needs to be just quiet and listen to what is there. Nevertheless, I think we've got to say that, that prattling Peter here has got some real issues, that he himself needs to be interrupted. I mean, even if the simple fact of his interruption and what he says is not sinful in its own right, you know, Jesus tells us, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Here, Peter's foolishness, the sacrifice of fools, it's there on display for everyone to see. What Peter needs is himself to be interrupted, rather than to be doing the interrupting. And let's just interrupt the story there for a minute and recognize that you and I also often have need to be interrupted, whether because we're acting in a silly way or in a sinful way. I can think for my own sake uh, of all too many times when I have needed and received that kind of interruption. I'll give you just one example, one that really stands out in my head, a pretty dramatic example. It's a, a few years back when we were up in Washington State still, and it's a, a November afternoon, and in the morning, a little bit of wind had started, not uh, on abnormal for that time of year. And throughout the day, it was picking up. Well, I wasn't noticing this because I was in the building, I was at church, and I'm in the middle of a meeting, just a committee meeting, not even really an important meeting, when uh, my secretary comes and says, Pastor, there's a phone call for you. And I'm like, you know, I don't need this interruption right now, all right? I'll, I'll call him back. She says, okay. So she, she goes. A minute later, she comes back again. Pastor, I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's your wife on the phone. Okay, it's my beloved wife, she's calling, but I'm in the middle of a meeting here. I'm an important person, all right? You can take a message, I'll get back to her shortly. She says, okay. She leaves, comes back a third time. <clears throat> uh, Pastor, it's still your wife. What is it? She says an 80-foot pine tree has fallen on your house and you need to come home right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, that is an interruption 
that I needed to hear. You know, we all find ourselves sometimes in places where we need to be interrupted. And I want to zoom out a little bit and to think about this a little bit more metaphorically, right? Not just in those times when you need to be quiet and to be interrupted, but think about the kind of habits and practices in our lives that might run contrary to the life of faith and what God has in store for you and for me. Those times when we need to be interrupted by Him. I'm thinking of things, both tangible kinds of things, just to choose some low-hanging fruit there. Sometimes we need to be interrupted from that addiction to the phone. Am I right? Where it's like, okay, I'm just spending so much time looking at this thing all day long. You need to be interrupted. Sometimes those interruptions need to come in, in less tangible things. You find yourself doing habits uh, and practices that are just sinful. For example, you find that you're constantly assuming the worst about other people, about their motives and what what they have to say to you. You, That's just your default base position. That's something that needs to be interrupted. Or even if you found yourself like Peter here, perhaps seeking a good thing, but it's not God's thing. You need to be interrupted. And the biblical term for this kind of interruption is repentance. We have to turn away from the way that we're living, the way that we're thinking, the way that we're going, and instead turn around and pursue again what God has for you and for me. All of us, like Peter, find ourselves at times in a place at a time where you need to be interrupted. And God is happy to oblige. Let's go back to the story. And we see it here. Again, Peter is just prattling on, going, Lord, it is so good to be here. But then mercifully, God interrupts. And Matthew, the gospel writer, he really emphasizes this. He says that while Peter was still speaking... God interrupts him and says, this is my beloved son. And then this, listen to him. If ever there was an apt injunction for Peter in that moment, that was it. Peter, stop running your mouth and listen already. Open up your ears. Look at what's right in front of you. Here is Jesus in all of his glory, Moses and Elijah. This is my beloved son, Peter. Listen for once. It's what Peter needed to hear. It's what you and I need to hear as well. This redirecting back to the Lord to listen to him. And so what's Peter's response along with the other disciples? Boom! He hits the deck. He is terrified. It says that he feared a great fear, like the shepherds when they see the angels on that first Christmas night. Here, Peter and the other disciples are down on the ground, trembling with fear. And you can just imagine, imagine the ribbing that Peter is getting. If not right then, then later on, the other disciples say, Peter, how could you? Why can't you keep quiet for one minute? I didn't know that it was going to, I didn't know what I was saying. The other gospel writers tell us that. Peter didn't even know what he was saying. I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry. Okay, leave it alone. Gosh. But I want you to understand something. See, you can look at this or you can see this story and hear what God has to say here and think, oh, well, God is just scolding Peter. Listen to him already. Quit all the talking. God has to interrupt him even 
to keep him quiet. There's an element of that. Sometimes you and I, we need that sort of interruption, that summons to repentance. But that's not all that the Father does for Peter here. It's not just be quiet, Peter. He's also pointing him to the one voice that he truly needs to listen to. Peter, listen to him. Listen to him, to this Jesus. This one whom you see right before you is my beloved son. He's the one who has the last word on your life, Peter. He's the one who has come in order to redeem you, in order to forgive you, in order to lift you up out of your misery and out of your silliness and to restore you, Peter. Listen to him. And so while Peter's still face first down on the ground trembling, suddenly he hears that sweet voice which comes like a balm on his seared soul. Rise. You don't have to be afraid. The Father wants Peter, it wants you and me to be quiet, not for its own sake, but so that you and I might listen to the only voice that matters, the voice of Jesus Christ for you and for me. And what does he say? Rise and have no fear. That's the kind of interruption we need. Has me thinking of another interruption of JC. Not Jesus, but Johnny Cash. Some people think they're very close, but. And in particular, I'm, I'm imagining the scene from the movie, Walk the Line, that was made about Johnny Cash's life. And you know, we think of Johnny Cash, you think of this great rock star, you know, this iconic figure, and he was that. He was also a total, complete mess, particularly the, the first half of his life. And his father never let him forget it. Johnny Cash's dad was his most harsh critic in the world, constantly telling him, even after he, especially after he had risen to fame, saying to him, you think you're special because you're a, a rock star now? No, you are a mess. You are an embarrassment to me and my family. That voice constantly haunts Johnny throughout his life. And in fact, in many ways, it's what drives him to make all of these self-destructive decisions over and over and over again because he is hearing that voice of his dad in the back of his mind, you are a schmuck, you are a mess, you are ruining yourself, you're ruining your family. But in the, the movie, it depicts this powerful interruption that happened in Johnny's life. The, a particular kind of interruption that we call an intervention. And as he comes out of this intervention and he's finally clean for the first time in years, he's laying in his bed and he comes to, and there at his bedside is the love of his life, June Carter. And when he wakes up and he sees her there, he says, June, you should get out of here. Don't even be around me. Well, why? I'm nothing. I'm less than nothing. And she looks him in the eyes and she says, Johnny, you are not nothing. 
And while she doesn't say it with words, she says it with her action. Why is he not nothing? Because he is beloved. And for all of his failures, for all of the mess he makes, he's not nothing because of this simple fact. He is beloved. How much more is that the case for you and for me? You are not nothing because you belong to Christ, who is the beloved Son of God, because you have that voice spoken over you. Look, there are so many other voices that are clamoring to get your attention, that do get our attention on a daily basis. For some of you, it is the voice of a parent still haunting you day by day, a a parent whose love was conditional and who convinced you that you were not good enough and you were never going to be measuring up. For others of you, it's the voices that we hear all over in our world, whether it be in advertising, whether it be uh, on television, telling you that you don't measure up. You are not enough and you never will be enough. For still others of you, it's that voice of the conscience in your heart, in your mind, that's constantly convicting you and accusing you. Look at you. You think you're somebody. You can't ever get it right. You're, You're going back into those same sins again and again and again. Every single one of us deals with all of these different voices and it can leave you trembling face first down on the ground. But hear this. You have a blessed, gracious Savior who interrupts those voices, who finds you and me when we are trembling down on the ground and who lays his merciful hand upon you. Listen to him. What does he say? Your beloved. Rise. And do not be afraid. Interruptions are unwelcome almost all the time. But not when they come from the Lord. Who says to you again and again and again, shh. Listen to him. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.